Good morning to everyone. My name is Darcy, and it's good to see everybody here. If you're a guest or this is your first time at Citizens, uh, welcome here. We're glad that you are with us, and especially on this, uh, our one-year anniversary. Uh, we kind of imagined ourselves having like a giant barbecue, you know, balloons everywhere, and yet we are thankful that we can still be here together. It was about a year and a half ago, um, I think it was about that time where there was just a few of us that sat around in our living room and started praying and uh, dreaming and uh, wondering about what God would have for us. And when we got started, it was right when the pandemic started. And so what we ended up doing was recording our sermons and listening to them on podcast and meeting as missional families as we could. And that was under lockdown number one. Okay, that was the first one, if we can all remember that. Then we, um, in, in August, it was actually in the middle of August, we started meeting downstairs below there in, in this building um, with masks on in the COVID world. I don't think we've ever met without masks on, but we were meeting and we were gathering and just enjoying worship together. Um, sometimes outside, sometimes inside, but as we went through the fall, I don't know if you guys remember, there was no heat in the beginning, so we had to kind of ask for them to turn on the heat, but we were just like enjoying being together and in God's presence as, you know, a church and heading right into Christmas and ended kind of the year with uh, Christmas Eve service, which was the beginning of our second lockdown, okay? So we got to do that Christmas Eve service. And then we were back to um, some groups trying when possible to do missional families outside and also doing Zoom church for the first time, okay? If you all remember that for the first time, we're coming up soon to doing it a second time. Um, after that, we were able to come back into the building here and they, it was, I think it was one Sunday that we got to be in this service, at, in this building at 30% capacity um, and then we were back to 15%, which is where we are today, and um, worshiping in this big room kind of spread out. But what a journey it has been for the first year. Like, none of us would have imagined that. And it, it was not in our plans that God would do it this way. And, and honestly, um, we, as collectively, as like Canadians or as uh, people who live in this region, we would much rather work from a position of power and from a position of abundance and from a position of having many resources. Okay, we kind of, that's how we work, whether it comes to business or whether it comes to the sports that we play or whether it comes even to the churches that we plant. We want to like have everything that we can have, have all our plans in place and work from this position of being able to like get this thing done. And yet that's not what God has given to us in this year. All along the way, God has in, in many ways um, allowed us to go through this experience with the, with the knowledge and the real practical evidence of lesser, being reined in, being pulled back. And so this morning, I just want to spend a couple of minutes looking at a, a story in the Old Testament, actually in Judges chapter 7, okay, in the Old Testament, because what we see actually throughout the Bible is that God regularly pulls back, 
God regularly takes things away from people. God regularly comes into situations and makes people weaker in the moment so that he can show himself stronger. And so we're going to look at the story of a part of the story of Gideon, okay, in Judges. And, and Gideon is an interesting uh, character. He's a prophet, and he's a prophet who in some ways um, had demands of, of God. He kind of wanted God to prove that he would be strong for him. But he also had a big task ahead of him. He was called to lead the children of Israel, to lead God's people into a new season of uh, renewal and turning back to God and, and to come back to a relationship with God. And in Judges chapter 7, we see that the task before Gideon is actually the Midianite army. Okay, so to, to fully enter into what God had for them, um, God says, okay, Gideon, I want you to lead the, the Israelite army in to defeat the Midianites who are like this vast army before them. And look what it says in chapter 7 of Judges, verse 2. It says this, The Lord said to Gideon, The people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hand, lest Israel boast over them, saying, My own hand has saved me. Now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from, the, from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned, and 10,000 remained. So God says to Gideon, okay, here's the game plan. You are going, and you're going you're gonna to go out into battle, but I am going to defeat the army for you. And to prove it to you, Gideon, so that you see this with great clarity, I'm bringing down your numbers. Gideon's probably thinking, like all of us, shouldn't we, like, increase? Shouldn't we have a bigger army? Maybe, like extra strength, you know, like X-Men strength for these guys, God, God says no, because then you would, you would point to it and say, we did this. We, Israel, did this. So God says, we're actually going to notch it back. So he says, whoever's afraid, let them go home. So there's a whole pile of them, right? 22,000 people, they're gone. They're like, okay, I'm a little nervous about this. I'm going home. Down to 10,000. And God says, you know what? That's still too many. Still too many. So he makes them do this exercise. He says, lead them to the water and see who drinks in this way, who drinks in that way. We're going to bring this down some more. So in verse 6, it says this. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, with 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go, every man to his home. Did you see that little phrase in there in verse 7? He says, I will save you. That's God saying that. I will save you. So over 30,000, down to 10,000, down to 300 men. What do you think would be going through Gideon's heart and his mind? Probably similar to what we were thinking even in the year just thinking like, is this the plan, God? Is this what you have for us in year one? Like a church plant supposed to be exciting and like, you know, bullet out of the gun, away we go. And yet restriction after restriction after restriction. The prophet here is in a difficult spot and, and God says to him, you have too much. And so the lesson that Gideon is meant to learn, and I think it's a lesson for us, um, 
as we reflect back on our first year, the lesson for Gideon was that in the end, it's God who's going to do anything for you. Any victory that is experienced, any um, pointing in the right direction or any going down the right path, anything good that God is going to do in your midst, it's actually going to be Him that's doing it. And as we reflect on our year, I mean, we've been able to enjoy many different things. Like, we've enjoyed this time here that we've been, you know, gathering in this room or in the fellowship hall in the basement. We've had some um, good moments outside. I know I've heard from many different missional families and ours. We've enjoyed fires outside or walks. Like, there's been some good highlights. And Gideon also, they enjoy the the battle that God actually wins for them. There, there's actually some victory involved in this process. But what God wants to be super clear for Gideon and for us is that he's the one who's doing it. He's the one who's to be gloried. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul kind of speaks in a similar way. He talks about the weakness of people and as believers looking like fools or looking, you know, like unwise so that he says this, so that you're, you're boasting, anything that you do is you boast in the Lord. You're not looking at the situation saying, man, we had the greatest plan. We were the smartest little church plan. We were the most cunning. We just came up with the sharpest ideas. No, anything that we celebrate this morning or on any other Sunday is totally boasting in the Lord. If we begin to boast in ourselves, if we begin to boast in Citizens Church, our perspective is not God's perspective. So this morning, when we hear some stories and when we um, sing some songs and when we praise God, we want to be like boasting in what God has done in our midst. We might be thinking, and I've said this a number of times this year, you know, that what we've um, actually lived out is an unfulfilled vision. But in reality, it's what God has given to us. And so we say, thank you, God. We want to boast in what God has done in our midst and be thankful to him for it. And so we can't uh, assume that um, this Sunday is the last of the things that God will take away from us. Right? We might think, oh, this is our last Sunday together, now we're back to Zoom, and, and it's God taking away. Well, our perspective should be that even if God takes more away from us, whatever that is, because many of us are still in this, we're like in an immense position of um, resource, and we're in an immense position of things that we have. And if you think of Christians in China or in Iran or some of these other places where God has taken away and has restricted their ability to even gather like this. You know, I've seen pictures in China where they're literally the government is taking like a crane to buildings like this, not because they're building a new condo, but because there can't be a church building there. And they're just destroying it, taking away, taking away. And God builds his church around the world through this, you know, this forced weakness on God's people. Why? So that we boast in the Lord and only in the Lord.